Oh yeah, that's good. Oh wait, my scarlet paint thing. You can't even see it. Yes, you can. Can you change the lighting slightly? Mm -hmm. It's a little bright for me. Yeah, that's better. Warm lighting. Oh, that's good. But what do you think? Come look. Oh, I think this one. That's good. What do you think? That one's okay, better. Warm one. lighting. And I feel like this one's like more like this one is more like um mood lighting. Yeah. Oh, it's recording. Yeah, I'm recording. Over oh, recording now. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing good, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm good. I am so excited, guys. Today on Opportunity Knocks, we are going to interview Shay. Is it Bearfield or Barfield? Bearfield. You're perfect. Bearfield. Shay Bearfield. Like mm -hmm. a bear field. Yeah, I always say like naked field. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Especially right now, just the idea of a bear field and walking through it seems amazing um, during COVID, just having that expansive space. So anyways, yeah. I wanted to welcome Shay today to Opportunity Knocks. And what is Opportunity Knocks for all of you who come on every week, or maybe it's your first time actually coming. It's all about opportunities. Yes, just as simple as that. And what do we want you to do with opportunities? We want you to open mm -hmm. the door. So that's why what we're saying is we believe that there are ways of creating opportunities, making opportunities, and actually taking them. So when you get them and you hear that door knocking, we want you to walk on through and accept what is on the other side. And that's just what I did with my new dear friend, Shay. I feel so yes. blessed that you're here. So Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. So why don't you start by telling them a little bit about yourself and sure. how you met. Yeah, so my name is Shay Bearfield. I'm from Freeport, Bahamas. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am a talk show host. I am a writer. I am someone who is passionate about pushing the needle towards love and showing us all how extraordinary we are. Um, we met um, through the gift of COVID-19, honestly. We were all locked up in our homes and we were all desiring connection more than ever because it had been ripped from all of us. And it really didn't matter how much money you had, what part of the world you lived in, what race you were. Um, you were isolated, <laughs> you know. Um, the still world are. Was, Five right, months in. <laughs> girl, shut down. And so... Um, because I'm someone who just so seeks to connect and, you know, here's really the thing. We have this one life. I'm so intentional and so passionate about living the life that I'm supposed to being the human being that I was born to be. So, um, I just was perusing, you know, the beautiful, the gram, the gram. and that's right. I did. I sure did. And I was just like, you know what? I've, I've always talked to people. I've always interviewed people over the years. And this has always been my goal mm -hmm. to have my own talk show. But I didn't take it. I wasn't committed to it like that because I had to do other things that fed my family. Right. Absolutely. And I was perusing. And just looking, honestly, I just would go by that heart 
pull, that heartstring pull. I was just perusing and I'd go to people and I'd be like, oh, I feel something there. I want to get to know this person. And Michelle, you were one of those people that my heartstring pulled. And I was like, I want to get to know her. I see what she's doing. She's pushing the needle. She is, she's pushing the world to being a better thing, not a worse thing. You're at, you're pouring into the cup, not depleting the cup. And I, when I see that, listen, the older we get, the more we realize that people can be jackasses if they want. People can be 100% users and detractors and never add. So when you see people who are adding, you want to applaud it. You want to know it. You want to sit with it. You want more of it. I feel like it's kind of like going to the gym. You know, like when you go to the gym yeah. and after about three weeks or a month and you're losing weight, your arms are getting oh firmed God, up, your belly. you know what you want to do? You want yeah. to do more of that. That's right. Right. Yeah. So I feel it like becomes sort of like an addiction. It's an adrenaline rush, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the good that you start seeing manifested, the thing about good, it's, it is attractive. And it is, like you said, it's addictive. You want more good. Mm -hmm. So when I, what my idea is, where I see good, I want to promote the good. Because I feel like it will be like people going to the gym. When they see it, they will want more of it. When they see Absolutely. the effects of going to the gym, they'll want more of it. So that's how I met you. And I had the balls to just reach. I did not know you. Yeah. I remember messaging you behind the scenes and just saying, hey, I see you. My name is Shay. This is what I seek to do. This is where I believe we are in this world. This is what I believe we need to do. And this is what I see you doing. Can we do it together? Could we yeah. just sit down and talk? And you were yeah. like, and then you gave me your telephone number. Yeah, I was like, lady, here's my number. Call me. Um, the interesting thing is, is that so often when people reach out on Instagram, there's not always the follow through, right? So what I loved was that you took my number and you took the opportunity, right? And I, in turn, took the opportunity to actually meet someone new, to yep. take the risk of, I don't really know who this person is, but what do I really have to lose? Right. And so often what happens is when people get DM'd on Instagram or people reach out to them, what's the first thing that comes up for people usually? Um, and not us, because we're very different. We're, we're, yeah. we're the opposite side. We actually are like, awesome. How can I yeah. get that in? But right. most people would be what? Leery. Mm, yes. And Fear. where does Leary come from? Fear? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the things we both have in common is that we take the layer of fear off. Yeah. And we approach from what's the possibility. Absolutely. And honestly, I'm not even telling you that to be like, now here's the framework that you should have. It truly never dawned on me to feel leery or scared. It just never occurred to me. All yeah. I knew is I saw what you were doing and I was like, yes, I'm reaching out to this person. I had no idea if you would respond back. I have DM'd tons of people who have yeah. never responded back. And, and I have people who DM'd me who I never saw, but now I see. Yeah. I mean, I, I DM'd Lady Gaga. Good girl. I love you know it. What I said? This is what, this is my theory, girl. Michelle, right now, today, on July 22nd, is, is today the 22nd or 21st? It's the 21st. Oh, it's the so, 21st. Okay. That's the 21st. Yes. 21st. So yeah. uh, today, Tuesday, July 21st. No, it is not. I feel, no, maybe you're right. Um, July 21st. Yeah, tomorrow's um, the 22nd. It is the 22nd. Um, in, you know, uh, in tw year 2020. 
I do not know Lady Gaga. She is not a part of my world. Mm. So if I DM her and she never responds to me, my world remains unchanged. Exactly. Like she's already not in it. So if she continues to not be in my world by not responding, how has my world changed? Mm. But what if she does respond? But it changed because you took the risk. Right. Right. But, but my point is, it's like, it's not a bad thing. If she doesn't yeah. respond, if she does, who cares if she doesn't exactly. respond? Exactly. I have nothing to lose. Totally. It'd be one thing if we already had a friendship and I'm doing something to put that in jeopardy. She does not know me from Adam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if she doesn't respond to me, nothing has changed. But to your point, what has changed is I have engaged that thing that I want and I'm mm -hmm. seeking after it and I will not stop. Mm -hmm. I've engaged the ask. And, and once you ask, it makes it easier the next time, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because it, with each, it's like an onion, right? With each right. time that Layers. you try and you ask, it becomes less scary, right? That's right. It becomes, we really then truly can see the opportunity and less of the risk. So it sounds like what you've been doing is just like with me, in these engagements, um, you've sort of opened a lot of doors for yourself. Absolutely. So, Tell me what is like, what's your ideal end all being? Like if you could yep. create it today, this, this would be what it looked like. Okay. So what it looks like, and it's what I'm avidly seeking after and asking everybody, do you know anybody in the TV production world? Shay Bearfield has her own daily talk show that transforms people's lives, pointing out the extraordinary amongst the ordinary, making us feel connected and that we can mm. and inspiring our hearts. I love that. I That's what that. we're doing. That's what can Shay's I come? doing. Can I be on the talk show? I would love for you to be on the talk show. And it's called The Shay Show. Oh, I love that. The Shay Show. That's so good. That's okay, it. so wait, tell me, what network are we on? You know what? For some reason, I don't know why, but some reason NBC keeps coming mm -hmm. up to mind. But I don't know what that means. It could just be, that's what I, I don't know why. But every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm on NBC. I have a daily talk show on NBC. I like it. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about what makes you unique and different as a talk show host, like and how right. you're creating that, because this is about creating, making, yeah. taking all yeah. opportunities, right? Yeah. So Good what question. I'm saying is you're visioning, you're really yeah. visioning what you want to create in your life. That's right. It's not just talk. It's mm -hmm. actually, you have a clear vision. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that you're just blurting things out because so many people filter. You're mm -mm. not stopping. This is no, awesome. I'm not. Yeah. You know go. what? The old Shay, here's the gift of COVID, right? And the gift of racial social unrest that has all of us standing up and we cannot sit down. We cannot sit down. The fire is too hot underneath Absolutely. our bumps, right? Yes. So the gift is. Once you, once you have this paradigm shift, I cannot tell you that Shay before didn't do a lot of social editing to ensure that I made you feel comfortable, mm -hmm. to ensure that you could eat what I was serving, to ensure that you could see me, therefore hear me, therefore accept me. Mm -hmm. I, I did a lot of that. Um, and you probably would have been unaware of it because I did it with great deafness. I was, I, I, I have a great sense of... Pardon me? I can see you be masterful at that. 
I'm masterful. Absolutely. Yeah. Can work a room. Mm. No, I can feel you. Mm. I, I know what I need to say. If, if this is my point and I need you to take that point, I know what I need to put before it so that you could swallow that pill after. I knew exactly what it, and it, and it's still a service. It's still a, a skill that serves me to this day. But to your point of not filtering and it's just coming up is because I, you, whether you know it or not, we don't have time, girl. We do not have time. Exactly. We don't have time. And that is not going to help me materialize and manifest the life that I know I was born to live mm. by being safe with my enunciations and my proclamations. That's not going to help me. No. What is going to help me is to state what I want and want what I state. You know, it's kind of like the book, The Four Agreements. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like one of the things I'm hearing you say is you're too big to play small. I'm not going to do it. Exactly. I'm not going to play small. you small for too long. Too long. And, and it doesn't serve me I, or you. Why were we waiting? You know, I mean, I, 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 um, I completely mirror those sentiments. And I, you know, I remember this is actually a funny thing about me. When my husband and I first started dating, I used to love to go to karaoke, right? And I used to yeah, sing curious. a lot when I was young. I used to sing a lot. Bruises on my legs from the jamboree. Girl, <laughs> I was all up there. Singing. So anyways, my husband said to me, I said, oh, I want to be a backup singer. And he's like, why do you want to be the backup singer? Everybody wants to be the lead. And I was like, oh, no, I just want to be the backup singer because I want to do the dances and, you know, make that person look good. He's like, you should want to be the lead. And I look at that now and I go, why did I play small for so long? Right. And, and it's not helpful to you or the people like this is true. Do you not believe that every person who is here is here for a reason? Absolutely. Something special. Yes. Okay. But I'm going to take it to the next level that every person on this planet, they came to bring us something. Yes. So we benefit when you bring it to us. We do not benefit when you play small and you placate and you are scared to bring, bring me the gift cold. of you. Yes. No, I need the gift of you. And here's the thing too. I need the gift of you. Even if I don't know, I need the gift of you. I need I the gift of you. you. So when so I play on track with you there. Yes. Right. So when yes. I play small, I'm not serving anybody. It's not serving me. My, my purpose of coming to this planet, it's not serving you, the recipient of the gift of me. And it's not, ha it's not helping the thing that I was called to do to manifest quicker. It's actually Absolutely. quelching it. It's yeah, slowing it down. Stopping. It's, Absolutely. it's stopping it. Yeah. So I'm not playing small. I am brilliant. I, have a, I think about things and make connections with things that other people never see until Absolutely. I say it. And those connections change people's hearts and minds. And yes. I am aware of it. And I am so grateful. I am grateful that I get to be that gift to you. I'm Absolutely. grateful. No, for sure. You know, I feel like everybody needs a Shay in their life. Oh, thank you. No, it's true. Because if you think about it, Shay, I mean, I know that you carry a lot. There's not just the Shay show or... Uh, this part that we're experiencing. I know that you have to take care of your husband who's ill. I know that, you know, He's dialysis I, right now. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is that the, 
the gift of having somebody who can clearly see and articulate that to us in a way where it's not filtered is a gift that's missing from most people's lives. Mm. Because most people filter their answers. Right. Most people tell people what they want to hear, not right. what they see. Mm -hmm. And so... And how does that help anybody? That's my point. That's where I've reached. How is that helping anybody in this exchange? It's exactly. not helping anybody. So I'm not doing it. It's, it. it's kind of like doing away with those habits that no longer serve us. That no longer serves me. It never served me. And it certainly doesn't serve you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, Shay, when we create the Shay Show on NBC, okay, because we yes. definitely have it now on Instagram and probably right. YouTube, okay? Yeah. When we, when we create this show, mm -hmm. what I want to know is who's the first person you want to ask to be on your show? If you could ask anybody in the world, who is the mm -hmm. person that influenced this strength to come out of you, this wisdom, this heightened intuition? Sure. You know, it's almost going to sound trite, but it's the truth. And I want to take you to a story. So I think the person who I probably most want to interview is Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. um, and I know this is going to sound trite, but let me tell you why. I remember it was the summer I was 10 years old and my aunt and uncle, like I said, I'm from the Bahamas. So in the summer times, we'd come to America to spend time. My mother's an American to spend time with her family. She's from Detroit, oh. Michigan, but her siblings had moved to Holland, Michigan at the time. So in the summers, we would go to Holland, Michigan. Yeah. And I remember being 10 years old in Holland, Michigan, at my uncle and aunt's house, Uncle Charles and Auntie Joyce, at 508 to 136th Avenue. And I remember my uncle and my aunt taking, showing us the color purple. And Interesting. Interesting. I, I know. I, and I love the movie and I cried and I hate it, Mr. I hate it, Mr. So badly. I never watched Lethal Weapon until it was like in its fourth iteration because Danny Glover was Mr. to me and I hated yeah. him. He yeah. was, he, I mean, he had robbed those girls of their sisterhood and he raped and he pillaged and I just could not take him. And I was Absolutely. 10, so I couldn't separate you from this acting position. Absolutely. So that summer though, after watching that, my uncle said to me, hey, Shay, it can make me cry. So I do want to apologize if that happens. Um, you need to apologize for crying. Crying is actually, that shows strength. It's, oh, well, it feels good too. Um, I said, he said, Shay, the woman from the color purple mm -hmm. is getting her own talk show. Mm. And I was like, get out. Suge Avery is getting her own talk show. <laughs> I knew it had to be the character Suge Avery. Because yeah. Suge Avery was the light-skinned, pretty black lady. Mm -hmm. And I had already heard enough messages that told me how I needed to be and what I needed to look like to be considered beautiful and mm -hmm. capable of brilliance. Yeah. I needed to look like Suge Avery. Yeah. I knew I did not look like Suge Avery. I was not that type of black girl. Mm. I was show enough black girl. Mm. And when, and so I remember sitting down mm. with my un uncle to watch Suge Avery have her own talk show. And when 
when Sophia was the one who had her own talk show, it blew my mind. Mm. Sophia was the big, black, ugly lady. That's who Sophia was. Yeah. No, that's who she was. Yeah. She true. was positioned as the big, black, ugly lady whose face was deformed because those white men beat the shit out of her. Yeah. Exactly. That was who Sophia was. So when I saw Sophia whoo, had her own talk show and was and was the center and the prize, that did something in my soul and my little 10-year-old soul that made me know that I too could be the prize. I could be it. So for me, I think it would be Oprah because she touched me in that way beyond her having a talk show. It was that Sophia moment for me when I realized Sophia was the one who was being praised. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that so vulnerably. I mean, sorry for saying vulnerably that way. Just yeah. honestly, uh, I just want to sit with that for a minute because that's like really heavy and yet super powerful because honestly, that gave you so much hope as a young girl who probably felt that that was never going to be possible for her. No, and I don't know how I already had taken that message and heard it so deeply but i didn't realize i had that message so deeply until i saw sophia saying welcome to chicago and i was like sophia who's married to ugly old harpo sophia yeah i could not believe it just opened up the possibilities and that moment was a crystallization moment, a crystallizing moment, excuse me. And it was a moment that codified in my mind what was possible for me, mm -hmm. for me. So that's probably why I would want to speak to Oprah. Um, but then I'd probably also want to have my mother and talk to her mm. in a public forum and just, because my mother believed this for me yeah. my whole life. Mm -hmm. She's believed that I was special and I was gifted and, and my whole life. And so I would want her to be in that full circle moment when she believed the value of who I was before anybody in the world ever saw it. So what would your first question be to Oprah? Good question. Let me think. There's so many things I would want to know. I guess I would want to know, what did you feel when you were given AM Chicago? The moment the reins were handed over and you were given AM Chicago, what did you feel? And did you know that it was going to be a linchpin moment for you? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about Oprah is she spans, she gives hope to so many people, right? She does. Because when you really read her story and, and learn more about, you just think to yourself, wow, all things are possible. Right. Her look, where she went to school, yep. you know, and I think that um, she gives so much hope to women in general. She does. She does. Yeah. You know, my husband and I talk about this. He's a white boy from 
Southwest Georgia. Mm -hmm. I'm a black girl from Freeport, Bahamas. He's a year older than me. Guess who we both watched when we were 10, 11, and 12, and 13? We both watched Oprah. Mm -hmm. How did she get these little kids coming home from school to tune into Oprah? I'm telling you, my lineup was, true story, He-Man, Thunderclats, Oprah. That's what I watched. That's so funny. That is hysterical. And wow, very interesting. Um, They actually have similar storylines, if you think about it. What, Thundercats? Yeah, well, not Thundercats, but uh, E-Man. Yes. uh, (laughs) Heroism, in some ways. Yes, yeah. You know, when you don't really think about that because one's animated and one's not. And as a kid, it's so subconscious, right? But actually, yeah. They have interesting storylines. So, and by the way, Thundercats is very similar to He-Man. So they probably all Thundercats. So I would, yeah, Thundercats, Thundercats. Oh, yeah, I used to love that, and that was my lineup: two cartoons, Oprah, and he was like, he had a, a, he also watched um, Thundercats, but I think there was something else in his that was a lineup. But the point is, we were kids watching Oprah. How did you, because when, because now that I'm doing my pitch deck and I'm getting my one sheet already, I have to very clearly articulate who my demographic is. Her demographic could have never been 11 year old kids at home after school, but, but she touched us. Exactly. She raised us. She brought on, (laughs) but she did raise us. Uh, She actually helped us provide more values, to be honest. Yeah. Family values. That's right. So, okay. So I want to ask you if you ever say no to opportunities, because the reality is this, you are really good at creating them. Clearly, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, during COVID time, you've basically gone out and you've, you know, um, reached out to so many different people and you've created this talk show for yourself. That's right. right. The producer and the whole thing like that. But my question for you is, do you ever say no? <clears throat> Um, I haven't found many things to say no to yet. Um, I'm sure there will be things that will crop up to say no to, but if you are in alignment with where I I'm going or where I'm, where I currently am, where I hope to be, why would I say no? No. The, the only answer is yes. That's yeah. It. It's walking yeah. out the door, right? It's not getting yeah. When you see the door, you might yeah. take a breath before you go in, but you actually will continue. Absolutely. So no, I, I haven't said no to any opportunity yet. And do you, and I don't you foresee have a decision making process when it comes to evaluating opportunities that you can share with our audience that would help? I mean, I think the rubric is very simple. Mm-hmm. Once you are like dead set, on living the life that you were born to live, being exactly who the universe, God, whatever you believe brought you to this planet for, and you are about the business of actualizing that, once you are part of that, then for me, that's the rubric. Mm -hmm. Does this line up with my reason of being? Yeah. Does this help me get further down the line of my reason of being? Does this touch more people with what I feel is inherent in my soul to share? If, if, if it's, so if it's aligning with my core 
purpose and reason of being here, that is actually the rubric. So that would be the, the modality or the, the eight ball that I would run it through. Yep. Does this line up with my core? Okay. Is this going to help me get further along? I love that. So then you actually touched on something. We talked about it before we started recording, but talk to me about your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because it's so dead on and it's so in alignment with who you are. Yeah. And it brings out just more of your essence. So Yes. So I think it's when I was telling you about um, I make I point out the extraordinary and the ordinary. That is a huge part of my purpose. I point out the extraordinary and the ordinary. And in doing so, it causes several things. One, it causes other people to pause and see the extraordinary in places where they normally wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Two, the next thing it does is it makes them think like, oh, maybe I too can be extraordinary. Exactly. Maybe. And then three. Maybe they see themselves. Because exactly three is that they see themselves. They, it's, we, they feel greater, a greater connection to all of humanity because you recognize at our, at our central spot, we are, we are the same, man. We, we, we want to know that our lives matter. We want to know that as many times that we are blessed to circle the sun that they count for something. They absolutely. count for something and that we won't be forgotten. Yes, absolutely. And let me tell you, Shay, I don't think anybody will forget you. Oh, thank you. I'm sure you've been told that before. Because oh, I think the reality is this, is that when one comes in con into contact with you, they know that their true essence has been seen, felt, mm. and heard. They Ooh. feel acknowledged. That's huge for me because I want you to feel seen and heard. I want that. That's like, that's probably like the, the drumbeat of my heart. I want you to feel seen and heard because when you're seen, when you know you are seen and heard, you know, you can, you see yourselves and others, you feel connected. Yeah. It gives you your greatest confidence, right? It does. It does. I remember one time listening to this rabbi, his name was Rabbi Shmuley. It was a big deal in the early 2000s. Um, and one of his things when he defined what um, self-esteem comes from, he's like, this is what good self-esteem. And I've, I remember hearing this in 2004 and I've kept it in my soul since and, and strong or good self-esteem comes from just knowing this one fact. There's no one else like you in the room. It's so true. That's it. You don't have to be better. You don't have to be. And that's another thing that's so frustrating. I was just having that conversation in an earlier interview. Human beings are so predisposed to establishing value only as it relates to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So therefore, there has to be some sort of um, analysis that is implemented that leaves one higher and one better for, a, for value to be had. And I'm like, we, we are so, listen, I do not have to compare myself to you to have value. Guess what, Michelle? You are phenomenal. And guess what? So am I. Exactly. And one is not, one is not better or uh, worse. They're actually just different or equal, right? That's right. And each has a unique proposition. And I think right. for whatever reason, the comparisons happen at a very early age and, and that needs to get shed um, from the person in order for them to accept their true value. Right? Yeah. So I have one last question for you because we Give can talk forever as we are right. have. Um, 
describe the two biggest opportunities that you've taken in your life and what did they bring you? Two biggest opportunities that I've taken in my life. Um, I, um, one I didn't realize was a big opportunity. Um, but it is a big opportunity is that that's when I was a little girl and um, my mother asked me if I wanted to go to boarding school and I was eight years old when she asked and I was like, yes. Um, and I wanted to be Tootie, um, facts of life, you know, it ends up that boarding school is nothing like facts of life and there is no mascara and they don't let you roll around in roller skates. So, uh, farce. They're just full of shit, these people. No, I'm joking. Um, but uh, television um, production. Yes. But I think the that was a huge opportunity that was being presented to me before I, I learned or understood the depth um, of said opportunity. But I literally would not be who I am had I not attended boarding school. I have always seen myself as a child of the world. And you know who gave that to me? Boarding school, because I was nine years old and I was at school with people from Jakarta, South Africa, uh, Mexico City, all over the Caribbean, all over North America, all over South America, all over Europe, Australia, uh, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. So I a big deal. quickly learned that we are us. Yeah. And that has helped me in my life so greatly. There is not a room that I can enter where I do not feel at home. There is not a group of people that I could dine with that I do not feel like I'm with Ken. I got you. I know, I know how to cross whatever divide that you may even have. And mm -hmm. I will sit shoulder to shoulder with you. And by the end, you will know we stand on the same piece of blurs. You will know it. You will know it. So boarding school gave me that. And then I would say the next big opportunity that I just took is I signed a deal with this small little, you know, network for my own talk show. And, and honestly, it's like a network. It may not even happen through this network, it's you know? It's a great, amazing thing that came out of you creating all these interviews with people. It did. It did. And I flew out to California. I filmed just last month. I filmed four episodes of my talk show. I interviewed four people in one day. I sat in front of under those hot ass lights and, and interviewed and we dove in and it was magical. It was magical and it was so magical. I'll never forget. There was this big camera guy and his name was, it's like, it was a G like gruff. Like it was just this big burly white guy. He, I told him he looked like the gambler before, you know, before yeah. the gambler got skinny. He looked like Kenny Rogers to me. Oh my God. And uh, he said to me after the taping of one of our shows, he said, Shay, this is a special show. You made me cry. And he was this big, burly guy. And I'll never forget that. And I was like, look, I am in this moment. I said yes to it. I had no idea what this was going to look like. I said yes and kept moving forward. And it has created a great, there's something powerful of sitting in the space of that which you desire and that which you want to manifest and sit there and look at camera B, camera A. Absolutely. And there was something powerful in the energy of sitting in the moment of what I feel called to do. Mm, well, I am so thrilled that that has come to life. It is just 
a small example of what you're able to create. And I know that nothing but more amazing things are going to manifest for you in your life because you're clear. And like you said, the more you're aligned with what you want and you can pinpoint that target and start moving toward it and saying yes, Oh boy, I lost my interview somehow. No, I see you. Hold on. I see you. Oh, see, but I can't see you because there you are. Oh, it's another it's another phone call that's coming in. Okay, that's it. Technology. Yeah. Um, anyways, you know, the more that you are able to be aligned with what you want and pinpoint it and move toward it, the more you're gonna continue to manifest these amazing things. And yeah. I do see you interviewing Oprah and I do see you on a larger stage and a bigger forum. And I felt that from the moment that we met. Thank you. Cause you don't know what you're going to expect in those times where someone reaches out to you and you really don't know anything about them. And I could read your bio and a bio really is just a piece of paper that it says really a bunch of words, but That's really it. when you feel called to, to interact with somebody and connect with them, it's just such a deeper, greater meaning to this connection and this relationship for us. So I just want to thank you for your time. We could talk forever. Um, I can't wait to see you on your talk show and be one of your um, potential, what do they call them? Not contestants or what do they call my them? Guests, my yes. guests, my guests, one of my guests. Yes. 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 For sure, Michelle Wolf. <laughs> That's right. Um, and um, I know we'll be talking soon. And I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for giving all of these women out there the hope that opportunities do exist. They do. And create them. We make them for ourselves. And that it's okay to step in when it's not perfect. That's and right. Sometimes through the imperfection, that's how you get the result. And it's okay to be scared. Yeah. Keep doing it afraid. Totally. What like people don't think that we're scared when we go and do these things? No. There's like it's kind of fun now. Now it's a game. It is. Right? <laughs> All right. I love you so much. And I love you, Michelle. We'll talk soon, okay? All right. Okay. Be blessed. Bye. Okay, bye.